All right, good morning. Are we on? Yes, y'all hear me? Okay, nice. Good morning, y'all. Josh, thank you for the introduction, man. Uh, miss you, bro. It's good to see you. Uh, again, hello, everyone. If we haven't met yet, my name's Holland. Um, I, I can't see the TV here. Got a picture of, like, my wife and family. Uh, I don't know if we have that on here, but uh, my wife, Jenny, uh, we've been married for 10 years. Uh, I got four kiddos, Owen, Lizzie, Ethan, Wyatt. Um, so I feel you on all the no sleep stuff. I'm just always tired. If you're like, man, Holland seems tired. I'm tired. Uh, I'm always tired. Um, but love these people, my favorite people in the world. Um, love getting to serve as the pastor of ECC. Man, love Josh, Zana, Laura, Kayla, I think his kids' ministry, Sean's home with a sick baby or something. But just love, uh, love being able to see some old friends and see what the Lord is doing here. It's uh, very encouraging. We pray for y'all. Just want y'all to know we pray for this church, our elders, our staff, we're praying for y'all. It's, it's, it's awesome to be able to bring back some stories now. Man, here's what God's doing. Here's who I met. Here's some stories I heard. And I uh, just know that we're keeping y'all in prayer, and we love y'all. And I um, also want to say that I love your pastor. He's the man. Just have me rolling. I mean, announcements is like you like a little comedy show, some preaching. Like, you just bring the whole thing in there, man. Uh, and Josh, you're the man. I hope y'all know how much he loves you. When I see Josh at like our, you know, association pastor meetings, when he comes to those, Josh, uh, and other times, uh, you know, we're hanging out, I mean, he starts talking about y'all, brother gets choked up, he's crying, I'm sure y'all know this about Josh, right, but he just gets choked up, man, just sharing about his heart for you, his heart for this church, this community, just hope y'all know how much uh, he loves y'all, and I just want to say, like, take this opportunity while I have the mic, can we just give a hand to Josh and just honor him and his family? for the way he serves here. Uh, he loves y'all so much that he's committed to, to preach shorter sermons this year. Uh, I don't know if he's done that yet or not, but I'll try to abide by that as well. I'll do, do my best. Uh, and so let me jump into the series y'all are in, uh, Praying with Paul. Y'all have defined prayer a certain way, I think. Anybody know this? Anyone want to just spout it out? What is prayer? Look at that, Josh. They know. They know the deal, man. They're listening to you. <laughs> Intentional communication with God. Okay, that's good. I love that. Prayer is awesome. Being able to communicate with God is awesome. Spiritually enriching practice. Uh, so encouraging when God says yes. Hope y'all are experiencing some answered prayers. I'm going, man, I'm, I asked for this and I saw God answer that prayer. Man, he's working. Really just strengthens our faith. Um, what about, though, this is where we're going this morning, what about when God says no? When we pray, we ask for this, and, and there's either silence or there's this, uh, there, there's the, the result comes and it's not what we asked for, or we just even hear uh, or, or feel, you know, a sense from God of, I'm not going to do that for you. What do we do with that? How do we process that? Um, about 10 years ago, I was on a mission trip to Tanzania. Used to do some work there with some, uh, some missionaries that were there, some uh, pastors and leaders that were over there, uh, doing some work in a very kind of remote area in East Africa, one of the most remote areas in the world. We were going to be staying out in tents, uh, like in the bush, working with local pastors, doing evangelism in this kind of small tribe in East Africa. We had like 17 hours on a plane. Um, then we hop on a bus that takes us like to um, the mission's like headquarters place. Uh, and then we got in some vans for like five hours until the road stopped. And then we got in some Jeeps and went from there to like the next spot where we finally kind of get to our destination. Uh, we're exhausted at this point, but now it's time to like 
get out the stuff to cook. We're just like out in the middle of nowhere, it felt like. Just time to cook, time to set up tents. We're going to be camping out for, you know, 10, 12 days here. Um, and so it finally time to go to sleep. And I'm, I'm wiped out, so happy. Like, man, I finally get to get some rest. Didn't sleep at all on the plane. I was wiped out. Um, and I lay down in my tent, and then all of a sudden it starts to rain. And at first I'm like, cool, I love it when it rains and I'm trying to sleep. Like that's calming and relaxing. And this was not like a, a light rain, though. This was like the rain started coming down and it actually like floods our campground um, and starts pouring into my tent. And so, you know, the rain's coming in. And so I start praying, right? I start praying, Lord, please stop the rain. Lord, uh, I don't, I'm so tired. Dear God, please stop the rain. Just let me sleep. Uh, and the rain keeps coming, and it's filling up. And at this, it finally gets to the point where there's, like, this small patch of dryness in the middle of my tent. And I'm sitting there huddled up, holding my pillow and my clothes. And I'm like, dear God, please. No. And you all watch The Office. Y'all remember when Toby comes back? No, God, no. Please, God, no. I'm just like, those are the prayers that I'm praying. Like, make it stop, God. I'm so tired. Make it stop. And then, so, then I start, like, quoting God's word back to him. And I'm like, you said, ask and you shall receive. You said that, God. I am asking. You said that we have the same nature as Elijah who prayed and it stopped raining for three and a half years. I'm asking for four hours, God. Please, like, just let me get some sleep, God. Please. And so the rain continued. God said no. Uh, all, like, got no sleep. All my stuff soaking wet. I was, I was frustrated and tired and angry. Uh, the sun finally comes up. The rain finally stops at morning, um, and it, it was Sunday morning. It's the first official day of our mission trip, and so we go to the local church for service, and I'm still carrying my anger and frustration. You know, a lot of people are, and, and at the start of the service, the pastor says, and welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for coming to worship and serve with us. Before we begin, let us thank God for the rain. We have been pleading with him for rain, and he has answered our prayers. The drought is over, and everyone's like, "Woo, yeah, and, you know, our crops are nourished, our wells are full. Everyone's going nuts and praising and dancing, and I'm just like, don't even say it, God. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, I know. Um, let's just pretend like last night didn't happen, <laughs> you know. This, like, man, I've, I was so humbled, right, and, and gave me perspective about when God says no. Instead of despising his no, right, in the middle of the night when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, what I could have done was lean into his no. I could have said, okay, Lord, if your answer is no, will you help me accept that? Will you, um, will you help me trust you that you have a good purpose I don't see it right now, and maybe I'll never see it on this side of heaven, but God, just help me trust you that you have a good purpose for this. Will you give me faith to believe that you're doing something good in the midst of this? Help me rejoice in that. That night of rain, right, where I was frustrated, could have been a, a powerful moment of real spiritual growth for me, where I learned how to trust God, where I learned how to find peace and comfort in the midst of something uh, difficult or frustrating, right? It could have been a moment of real spiritual growth if I handled it like Paul. Paul. Where we're going in our text this morning, reason I'm bringing all this up, Paul understood that when God says no, it is an invitation for us to grow. 
When God says no, it is an invitation to grow. That might be too cheesy for some of y'all. Cheesy sticks in our brains, though, so I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. Okay, so when God says no, it is an invitation to grow. It's what we're going to see in our text today. I, I started to understand this by experience in a profound way, you know, in that moment. The main uh, idea, uh, main thesis, big idea here, when God says no, it's an invitation to grow. Sometimes God will do amazing works for us with his yes. Other times he wants to do some really deep, profound work in us with his no. It's never fun to get a no. But I think part of maturing in our faith and and learning what it means to pray and intentionally communicate with God is that we don't despise his no. We lean into it. Understand that it is for our growth, for his glory. So Paul knew this. I think the Lord wants us to know this um, as well. And so let me pray for us. uh, And then we're going to dive into a short passage, 2 Corinthians 12, where we really see this in the life of Paul. Um, But Lord, as we open your word, I pray you would open our ears to hear, open our hearts to believe, open our eyes to see what you would have us see in your word, that you would teach us, convict us if we need to change, comfort us if we just need a touch from you, ultimately transform us to be more like your son and help us in our prayer life through this text. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So let me read uh, the text for us real quick. It's 2 Corinthians 12, just going to begin in verse 7 here. It says, especially, uh, let me actually back up verse 6 here. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool, because I would be telling the truth. I'll explain the context of this. But I will spare you, so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me, especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times. This is prayer, intentional communication with God. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The context here is that Paul has been addressing the ministry of some men that he calls the, like the super apostles. If y'all are familiar with 2 Corinthians, these popular preachers, they were successful, wealthy, powerful. They seemed super compared to Paul, who was often suffering, poor, uh, in prison, right? And so people were thinking, hey, maybe these other guys are the real deal. Paul looks kind of weak compared to these guys. And, and so Paul uh, is explaining to them, Y'all need to know that these men are frauds. They're preaching a false gospel so that they can get rich and famous. They're seeking the approval of men. They're not after your good. They're after your money. I would rather be weak and poor if that's what it takes to stay true to the gospel, to stay free from uh, the, the, the pleasures of the world, to stay rooted in Christ, to stay faithful to God. I'd rather be 
weak and poor. In fact, he says, I boast in my weaknesses. That's the stuff that keeps me close to Jesus, right? That's the stuff that keeps me close to him instead of thinking I'm something that I'm not. And then he gives a personal example, and that's our passage here. He mentions he had seen these powerful visions from the Lord. God showed him some stuff. And then afterward, verse 7 says that God gave him a thorn in his flesh because of these visions to keep him from becoming conceited. In other words, like, man, he had shown him such great, marvelous, amazing stuff that he might get puffed up and think he's something he's not because of what God has shown him. And so God gives him this thorn in his flesh to keep him humble. We don't know what the thorn was. Don't have time to even get into it this morning. Uh, Could have been physical, says in the flesh. Could have been spiritual, says a messenger of Satan. Could have been both. Uh, It's not even relevant to the point here. Um, That's a fun Bible study thing for later, I think. But the, the important point here is that whatever it was, it afflicted Paul, it weakened him, and he asked the Lord, take it away. It afflicted him so much that he's pleading, he's praying to God, please take this out of my life, and God said no. Paul asked three times, the text says, and God's answer was no, no, and no. I'm not taking the thorn away from you. The reason he gives The first thing God says is, my grace is sufficient for you. Here's where we see our point here. When God says no, it's an invitation to grow. Specifically, an invitation to grow in reliance on his grace. Y'all see that? My grace is sufficient. You you didn't think my grace was sufficient for you. you. You thought in order to carry on, you would need this taken away from you. But I'm trying to tell you, Paul, my grace is actually sufficient. That My grace is bigger than you understand. And I want you to see that and know that. I'm inviting you, Paul, to see the depths of my grace as you lean in to me in this time. When we suffer, when we're weak, when we're tired, How often, instead of running to God and leaning into him, do we run to the things of the world for our comfort? Any honest people in the church this morning, do we do this, right? Anyone else ever, like, uh, when you're having a bad day, you just go to Target? Right? Target will make me better. Something's, I don't even know what I'm looking for, but I'm going to leave that place happier. Maybe a new shirt or a jacket. I'm going to get a mug, a decorative pillow. I don't know what y'all are into, right? Something in the electronics section, right? Just going to buy something to fix my bad day. And maybe it's not Target for you. Maybe it's ice cream. Maybe it's chicken wings. Maybe it's something a little bit more, some stuff Josh was sharing about earlier. Maybe it's something like alcohol. Maybe it's pills. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's something that you run to in secret, maybe. Well, you're not running to the Lord. You're weak. You're tired. You're in pain. You're suffering. And you go, I'm going to go to this thing to try to draw some comfort rather than lean in to God. All of us do this. All of us tend to this. That's the, the nature of our remaining sin in us, is that we, we lean that direction. We tend that direction, especially if, we, if it's something that we've prayed for God to fix. God, will you take this away? And he doesn't. Then we go, okay, I guess I'll fix it then, right? Well, I'm going to handle it by, I'm going to go to this thing. I'm going to go to this relationship that I shouldn't go to. I'm going to look at this thing that I'm not supposed to look at. I'm going to try to draw some comfort from the things of the world. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to someone who's struggling, who who said, I tried praying, it didn't work. And so I went to this. I tried praying. I asked the Lord to fix this, change this, and 
He didn't do it. It didn't work. So I ran to this other thing instead of seeing God's no for what it really is. He's not pushing you away. Brothers, sisters, hear, just hear, hear me in this. When you pray and God doesn't answer you the way you hope that he would, when he says no, in a sense, he's not pushing you away. He is inviting you in deeper. He's, in, he's, he's inviting you in to be closer to him, to draw comfort from him in a way that you maybe never have before, to, to a depth that maybe you haven't gone before with him. Does that make sense? He's inviting you in, inviting me in to learn to rely more on his grace, on his power, ultimately to grow us in our faith, to form us spiritually, to, to mature and transform us to be more like Jesus through this thing that we wish he would take away, but the reality is if he does take it away, we're not going to be formed and shaped and transformed in the same kind of way. And so when God says no, it's an invitation to grow. And sometimes in prayer, God works for us with his yes. Other times he wants to work in us with his no to form us and transform us. And my encouragement this morning is that we shouldn't despise this. We shouldn't despise this. God said no to Paul in order for Paul to to rely more deeply on his grace, to to say, I'm going to get my power from God's presence in my life rather than the comforts of this world. When God said no to you in that prayer that you prayed, he was not pushing you away from him. He was inviting you in to a deeper reliance on his grace. Inviting you in to trust him more deeply, to to experience a level of nearness to him that maybe you hadn't experienced before. He wanted you to learn by practice that his grace is actually sweeter than anything in this earth. It is one thing, I think probably all of us would acknowledge that theologically when we say, yes, I agree, I know that, I can give you verses that say that. It's a whole other thing to know that that is true because you've lived it, right? That you have actually tasted and seen the goodness of God in a way that surpasses any comfort of this world because you didn't have any comfort from this world, right? A few years ago, um, my wife was pregnant at that time with uh, our third baby. And our baby's development was not on track. Something was wrong. The doctor said it was possible might have a miscarriage. And y'all, when I say we prayed, like, on our knees, pleaded with the Lord, not three times like Paul, 30 times, 300 times, 3,000 times. Lord, please, will you save, will you heal this baby? Will you help this baby? Will you do whatever needs to happen in my wife's body, in this baby's life? Please, Lord. I had, and God said, no. We lost our baby. This, is, this was the hardest, most painful no I ever experienced in prayer. I had never been at a lower place emotionally. I have never been at a lower place emotionally than 
walking through this season. And I share this to say, God's grace met me in that low, 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 low place. My wife and I, she was here, she's serving at our church this morning. Um, she was here, would say, same thing, we had never been at a, gone through a more difficult and painful experience, never been in a lower place. And yet somehow, in some mysterious way, felt God's grace meet us in that low place. Felt closer to God, not without pain, not without tears, not without some anger and some frustration in the midst of that, but felt God's nearness to us in the midst of that pain more than I had ever felt in my life. I, by his grace, wife and I were able to trust that he was not pushing us away with his no. Don't know why. Tragedies like this, and you know, I just, my heart, I know several of us, maybe many of us in this room have walked through pain like this before. And sometimes we just have no idea why or what God is up to. But by his grace, we're able to just trust that, man, he's not pushing us away. He's inviting us in. And so we, we leaned in in that time. Took my tears to him, took my anger to him, took my pain to him. Wasn't pretty. A lot like just, I don't know if any of y'all have ever just screamed at God before in prayer or just let loose, just a groan uh, of grief to the Lord in prayer. If you haven't done that or you feel like that's not allowed, it's allowed. Read the Psalms. They're full of them. You can pray those kind of prayers. And as I prayed those kind of prayers, man, just felt um, uh, the Lord meet me in the midst of that and comfort my heart in the midst of that. I remember one time I yelled at God, you, you know, you don't understand pain, you know, this kind of pain. Like, you're God, you're in heaven. And as I'm yelling at God about him not understanding pain, in my mind, I see the cross of Jesus. Right? I remembered the suffering of our Lord, and it just hit me different than it ever had before. He knows pain. He knows loss. He knows suffering and sadness. He's the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, Right? Isaiah 53. And so, y'all, in that time, I felt closer to Jesus than I had ever felt before in my walk with him. I felt seen and known by him in the midst of my pain. Felt like he was with me in my sorrow. I felt um, Psalm 23, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, Fear no evil, for you are with me. I felt his with me-ness. That's not a word. You know what I mean, though? Felt him with me in that like I had never felt before. And like his grace just kind of flooding into my heart and my soul. And so that, that phrase, my grace is sufficient for you, I felt that. My heart and my gut and my spirit, I felt his grace was sufficient. I knew it theologically, <laughs> but I knew it experientially now. I learned how to say in faith, and the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I learned how to say that, genuinely. My baby's life is in your hands, God, was and is in your hands. There's no safer place for a life to be than in the hands of my God who loves me and saved me and gave himself for me. 
And so this, I share this to tell you my faith grew in, in a unique kind of way through that loss, through God's no to my prayers, uh, and, and through leaning into him in the midst of that no, to, to feel his grace rest upon me, as Paul says, his power rest upon me. When God says no, it's an invitation to grow. It is sometimes painful, but his grace meets us in that pain. It's sufficient to help us through the pain as we're growing in our trust. Verse 9 also says, my power is made perfect in weakness. And weakness sometimes is, you know, you're going through a difficult time, suffering. Sometimes it's just something about us that kind of gives us a disadvantage in some way. In, In our faith, in ministry, in life. Uh, a lot of what I'm saying, the weakness is, is suffering, kind of maybe in addition to what Josh taught on last week, but many kinds of weaknesses in our lives. And, and Paul says God's power is made perfect or it reaches its fullness or completeness, comes to life in our weakness, meaning we experience it ourselves as his power sustains us through a difficult time and it becomes evident to other people. That it's God, not us, right? That's bringing us through whatever weakness that's going on in our life. There's something outside of us that is strengthening us, empowering us inside to be content in our weakness and our hardship. God is not seen to be powerful in our lives when everything is going well for us and we don't have any afflictions. I don't hate those times when that's what's going on, right? I, I'm thankful for those times. I think it's good to pray for those times when, man, just, Lord, I, just give me a break, right? Let some things go well in my life for a little while. But the reality is he's not seen to be powerful in our lives in those kind of seasons. Where God is seen to be powerful in our lives is when we are afflicted, when we are suffering, when we are weak. And in the midst of that, we lift our hands to say, blessed be his name. Amen? That, that's something that it attracts a watching world. You go, what, what is going on with this brother? What's going on with this sister? I know what they're going through. I know she's hurting. I know he's going through it right now, and yet he's praising his God. He's calling out to God, or, or he's experiencing peace in the midst of this. He's actually joyful when, when he lost this or when this happened to him, that's something that invites a watching world to go, what is different about you, right? Those are the times when God is seen to be powerful. When our comfort comes not from our circumstances, but from our God who is greater than our circumstances, right? This is why Paul says, I boast all the more gladly of my weakness so the power of Christ might rest on me. He's saying, he's not saying, like, I like being insulted. That's cool. Like, I get, I'm, I'm into that. He's saying, I don't like being insulted. I mean, I don't like being persecuted or facing hardships, being thrown in jail every three days, right, for trying to do something good for God, and I'm suffering for it. I don't like hardships and calamities. I pray that God takes us away. But if he doesn't, blessed be his name. I can be content there. And maybe that will actually draw somebody in to know the power of my God. Maybe someone will see me finding peace and comfort in the midst of my pain and go, I want what you have, right? 
they say, what is it about you, you know, that you're able to have peace and comfort and joy in the midst of this? You get to say, it's Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus, right? Let me, he makes me strong when I'm weak. He's my peace. He's my comfort. He's forgiven my sins. He's with me when I'm low. When I'm weak, he strengthens me and builds me up. Like I, I, There's nothing in this world that compares to my Jesus. And if you want him to be yours, he's yours, right? His love is free. It's a gift. His arms are open. He loves you. He died for you. Come, taste and see how awesome my Jesus is. That's what happens when, when we're weak and he makes us strong by his power. It testifies to the world of his goodness and his grace. And so when God says no, my encouragement is let's not despise that. Let's not despise that. Let's see it for what it is as an invitation to grow in our faith, to grow in our trust of God. And through that growth, hey, maybe the Lord wants to actually bring someone in as they see what he's doing in your life. Amen? And so to, to close here uh, this morning, I, I don't know what prayers you have prayed that God has said no to. I don't know what prayers maybe you're praying right now that you're not seeing him answer. I've got some in this season of my life as well. Begging, pleading with the Lord, will you do this, God? I, I don't know for you if it's a prayer for healing, for a job, for a relationship, for something to happen, and I encourage you, do pray for those things, right? But if he says yes, blessed be his name. But brothers and sisters, if, if he says no, blessed be his name. Amen? He's not pushing you away with his no. Just whatever, whatever that prayer is of, of yours that you're struggling with, just want to encourage you. And maybe this is a, a, a word for another season of your life. Maybe it's not right now. And you tuck this away and you pull it out in that, in that moment where you, you're going, God, why aren't you answering me, right? But just know he's not pushing you away. He's inviting you in. So the closing application here is when God says no, don't despise it. Seek his grace and power to grow in your faith. To grow in your faith. To, to say, God, I don't see it. I don't see why, but like, help me trust you, God. Give me the faith. Grow my perseverance. Grow my endurance. Grow my contentment in you. Help me be the kind of person who can say to live is Christ, to die is gain, right? Help me be the kind of person who can say my, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Help me be that kind of person, God, so that others might, might actually be drawn in to know you as well. Amen? Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you so much I thank you for being the kind of God who is always working for our good, even when we don't see how, even when we can't understand. We can trust that if you sent your son to die for us, when we deserved nothing from you, that you are a loving God, and therefore you are working things for our good. And so, Lord, help us to not despise your no in prayer. Help us to lean in in those times, to trust you, to grow and be formed by you. 
And, Lord, let your grace and power rest on it. I pray for anyone in this room, in this church, Lord, who's struggling with the no, who's weak and suffering and tired and struggling, and I pray that your grace would rest on them, that they would see the sufficiency of your grace, that your power would rest on them and you would strengthen them for the trial at hand. I pray that you would be glorified through this and that you would draw people to yourself through this. In Jesus' name, amen.